Hello everyone and welcome once again to Work With Purpose, a podcast about the Australian public sector and how it serves the Australian community. My name is David Pembroke. Thanks for joining me. As we begin today's episode of Work With Purpose, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are broadcasting from today, the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge the ongoing contribution they make to the life of our city and this region. I'd also like to acknowledge the custodians of all the lands from where anybody listening to this podcast today is joining us from. Well, most, I would almost dare say all public servants begin their careers with a mission to serve the Australian communities and to improve people's lives. And while serving the public good is the core mission of a public servant's work, they also need to strike a balance with being responsive to the needs of the elected government of the day and to remaining apolitical and impartial at all times. Now, finding and maintaining that balance is not always easy as the recent robo-debt and the management of consultant controversies continue, but It is a balance that public servants must strive for. So today, we want to discuss the idea of public good and how it connects to public service practice. We'll discuss what public good is, how we can better understand it, and indeed, how it can best guide the work of the public service. Today, we're joined by two experts from the public and community sectors to talk this through. Dr. Millie Rooney is a social scientist, researcher and champion of participatory democracy and politics based in Nipaluna, Hobart, Tasmania. She co-directs the strategic and daily operations work of Australia Remade. Her social science expertise centres around community building and social capital. As a carer for her family, as well as others in her community facing chronic illness and disability, Dr. Rooney is passionate about care, inclusion, and meeting the needs we all have to lead lives of connection, care, and contribution. Dr. Rooney, thanks for joining us on Work With Purpose. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Dr. Russell Ayres, who is Associate Professor with the Centre for Environmental Governance at the University of Canberra. He joined UC after a 30-year career in public policy and program management, mainly in the education and social services portfolios. His career has also included periods as an independent consultant, advising government agencies on their policy development processes and other issues. He now teaches public policy at three different universities and is researching the agency exercised by public servants in public policy and implementation. Russell, welcome to Work With Purpose. Thanks very much, David. So, Millie, listen, we might start with you to sort of wrap our arms around this sort of concept of public good. How do you define what public good actually is? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really great, great question because it, it's such a big thing. Um, at the end of 2020, we actually did some research where we asked the community. So we asked hundreds of Australians from very different walks of life, very polit- different political persuasions, backgrounds, cultures. Um, 
And we wanted to know, well, what is the what does the public good mean to the public? And that really came out of this sense that we're at a moment with um, the 2019-2020 bushfires and then COVID-19, that people were really asking, well, why do we do what we do as a country and what is shaping our decision making um, as a collective? And so we went out and asked, you know, what is the public, what, what do you and your communities want um, and who should provide it? And what was so interesting about that is people very quickly reeled off. You know, we want housing, healthcare, jobs, education, access to nature, access to the internet. But very swiftly, that conversation then turned to, well, I want a place where the coffee is free. I want to belong without having to fit in. And a real sense that the public good, once these very basic material needs were met, that the public good is actually the ability to connect with people and place, to care and be cared for and to contribute and that contribution element was a real surprise to me in that people saw the public good at least in part as being as being able to contribute both locally and nationally to the bigger sort of story we have of who we are as a nation um yeah i can leave it there and we can come back so just in terms of that research then who did people then feel had the responsibility for the for the generation and maintenance of of the public good yeah i mean again sort of both surprising and and unsurprising answers people were very clear that they wanted government to step in and do that work and really uncertain about whether government could actually do it and whether they're up to the task and there was a real, you know, and remembering I talked to people from really different walks of life, different socioeconomic backgrounds, politics, I only ever heard the government spoken about in terms of either politicians who people had pretty negative ideas about or that kind of bureaucratic interface at Centrelink. And there's just this complete absence in the middle of, of government and the public service. Uh, no one had negative ideas particularly. It just wasn't there. Okay, Russ, that's, that's your turn to sort of step into the void. Your 30-year career. Yep. Without, yeah, sorry about that. Without, without acknowledgement. But, but it's interesting, isn't it, that government doesn't do a fantastic job of explaining to people what it does, uh, when it does it, how it does. But perhaps a, a, a sort of better question might be about this interaction between the, the public servants and public good and your experience of that yeah thanks David um, look in part it's um, as it says on the tin you know public service you're there to serve the public and the public good is part of that calculus um, it's it's rather obvious but then once you as you alluded to in your introduction uh, once you dig into the detail it becomes much more complex for public servants and I think that's one of the sort of aspects of um, being a public servant that is less apparent to uh, the people that um, Millie and her colleagues were talking to. And so any public servant who's thought about the public good, and I think most will have, um, as you said, David, particularly early in their careers, but even old public servants like me still think about it, um, it raises many questions that are quite difficult to answer. You know, what is the public good in the context of the public service? On one level, it can seem fairly straightforward, and I really like the summary that uh, Australia Remade has come up with based on their grounded research around connect, connect, connect care and contribute. Um, 
that that's a nice um, crisp way of presenting it, but it becomes complicated in the public service. And in particular, what's important for public servants is who defines uh, what public good is and who determines how public servants respond to it. The relationship between public servants and elected um, politicians is a really important and um, significant one here because both those groups are there to serve the public good in a, a final analysis way. Um, and, of course, there's the role of parliament. And uh, and so there's, there's lots of complexities for public servants. Now, I guess I've been a, a real academic in raising a bunch of questions, some of which I uh, have views and answers to. But the critical thing to me is at this stage of the discourse is about what are the questions that are being asked and having that conversation both within the public service and critically with other people in the community who are interested in this. And that's why uh, I'm really keen on this partnership that I have with Nellie and Australia Remade to try and bring these um, two worlds together because they're both concerned about largely the same thing. They just look at it in slightly different ways. So, from your experience of of where we're at at the moment, and as you say, as you um, very nicely articulated, there is it. It's a, a complex job being a public servant because of all of the uh, competing needs, pressures, uh, and other things. But in terms of keeping um, the public good at the centre, have you seen and do you recommend ways for uh, different teams across the public service to talk about it to, so as it, it does become and remain that central driver in what they do? Um, yeah, David, I, I think where I start with is um, yourself as an individual. Um, when I'm doing teaching, when I used to lead teams, um, I talked about the importance of people being connected to their own uh, values, their own history, their own perspective but then broadening out from that base to um, talking about the people that they're serving. Because very often, certainly when I was working in welfare and education sectors, we were talking about um, supporting people who had very different life experience and background to me. And so a lot of that is about finding ways to overcome your own uh, bias, if you like, your own perspectives about Um, whatever it might be, gender, race, um, social status or whatever, to try and uh, imaginatively um, enter into the lives of the people who you're trying to um, develop good policy for and deliver good services to. Um, So there's there's a lot of that sort of discussion that I've seen um, teams have uh, and, uh, and that's where it's worked best. Um, where public servants shy away from that sort of conversation and focus uh, narrowly on the um, government of the day, which they do have to focus on, but it's not only that. Um, When they focus uh, only on the government of the day, they can lose sight of that broader perspective that this concept of the public good can give them. Mm. But it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because the reality is that uh, life in a, a public service agency is busy there is a lot to do there's a lot to deliver there's a there's a lot happening so finding the time and the space to be reflective i'm sure is quite difficult 
Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, car carving out the time for this sort of reflection is difficult. Um, in my own career, I took chunks of time out of the public service, uh, for example, to do a PhD, which was a bit of an extreme example of um, carving <laughs> out some time. But there, there are ways to do it in a smaller and more um, uh, uh, targeted way um, with, with teams. But I, I think that it needs to be built into the day-to-day um, -day practice of public servants. You don't want to be constantly navel-gazing so, you know, I, I used to work on a sort of 10, 20, 70 um, judgment. You know, 10% of your time and effort is spent looking longer term and more broadly. 20% of the time is um, spent understanding um, your immediate um, uh, uh, sort of stakeholder group and their needs. And 70% is doing the work. And sort of I roughly tried to sort of have that notion in my my mind when I was doing work. And if I found the 70% was rapidly becoming 120%, I knew that there was a problem coming because I wasn't doing enough thinking about the broader perspective. Mm. So listen, Millie, Australia Remade, it's a civil society organisation. Uh, you mentioned in your research there the views of uh, the people who you were speaking to about the public service, but what's what's your view as someone who works in this public goods sector? What's what's your view of of the public service? Um, well, firstly, I want to just back up in that comment I made about you know that absence of of the public service. I think partly that absence is because it works. You know, we don't notice things that are going well, and there's a whole lot that the public service does that works and we just take for granted. So I think in saying that it's invisible, there's a whole lot of work that could be done to say, you know, this is what we're doing and it's awesome. It's really serving the public good. It's serving you. It's it's why the world works so well for so many of us. Um, in terms of what it's like for me as an outsider of the public service, I, again, I think there is just a very big gap between broader civil society and you know civil society is huge there's unions big NGOs that we're not one group and I can't speak for the, that group um, but I think there is a real disconnect between so much of what civil society is trying to do and the way that we communicate or or rely on or build up the role of the public sector um, and I think there is an amazing opportunity here and you know I Part of the work is what is the story of the public sector? It, why do we value it? Why is it good for all the things that my work is trying to achieve? The public sector could be built up to, to do that even better. So, and because we're hearing from people that there is a, you know, it's strange. There's a not great levels of trust in government. At the same time, people are really willing and eager to get involved and participate. And so, you know, at the moment with everything that's going on in the public service and the opportunity for reform, I feel like there's a whole group in civil society ready to say, let us help you. You know, how do we do this together? Um, and those walls, that chasm, that gap needs to be broken down. So how would you do that? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? That's, I mean, partly that's the work that Russ and I have been talking about is how do we bring different groups together? So civil society leaders, uh, public service servants, ac and across the spectrum. So from the senior policymakers across to, you know, 
nurses, frontline workers, um, same in civil society, the senior leaders and those really accessing government services in a particular way. And one starting to have a conversation. What is what 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 is the role of the public sector? What can it do? Why are we excited about it? You know, we want to be excited. Let us in. Let us let us get excited. So, in the very first instance, I think there's some public conversations that can happen where we start to talk together publicly. And my experience as an outsider has been, oh my goodness, there is a there are thousands of people who are passionate about what I'm passionate about but they speak a different language, they work within a different framework. Like, how exciting to bring this together. So I think there's the public conversations and then there's this, you know, conversations that some of us need to have where we can be uncertain and learn to trust each other. And that point um, about navel-gazing and, and reflection, we know that one of the strongest kind of pieces of infrastructure we have is human relationships and we would be foolish to kind of in the pursuit of transactional efficiency, rule that out as something strategic and useful to, to help us do the work that we all do. So, Russell, Millie describes this this willing um, coalition that's sitting outside of the public service wanting the conversations. And indeed, the the one of the recommendations of or the key conclusions of the Thody review was the need for the public service to, quote, partner with the community and others to solve problems. There's been further commitments to co-design. Why doesn't it happen? What is stopping it from happening? Um, so, David, I, I guess I take a, a couple of um, points there. One is, historically, government has grappled with what I would call the uh, within-portfolio boundary problems, you know, health, education, national security. And as time has gone on, government has become better at dealing with uh, those internal internal to portfolio sorts of problems. We haven't fixed them all, but we've got a way of dealing with them. So it means now that government is having to deal increasingly with much more complex cross-cutting issues right across um, portfolio boundaries and um, you know, really classically complex problems. And in classical complex uh, problem-solving uh, way, um, no single individual or even institution can solve them. So uh, a lot of this is about public servants recognising what it means to be working in a complex system and how uh, you need to operate differently and how important... Um, you know, it's not just a nice to have to partner with people in the community. It's not just because that's something that is flavour of the month. It's crucial to being able to respond to complex issues. And I'd also say that um, there's a, even if you want to take a sort of neoclassical um, economic view, there is a specialisation that the public service can bring to the table that is about the strengths that the public service has uh, around things like governance and process, data and analysis, financing and accountability. Those are some of the things that public servants, good public servants, do really well. And if they um, bring those capacities to a, an open discussion with um, civil society, with local communities at all sorts of levels, national and local, 
then they can augment what the local community and what the what um, society as a whole has, rather than um, uh, necessarily thinking that um, government and in particular the public service has every answer every time. Mm. So, and again, you've described it beautifully really you know the two of you to really balance the the eager the willing keen to help and then on the other side of the bridge we have this you know capable specialized you know governance process finance account they know how to get stuff done they know how to deliver they know how to get organized how do we build the bridge how do we make that work such that there is an understanding and there is a way to bring um, these two forces together for the benefit of the Australian people, and I'll throw to you first on that, Russ. So I think there's um, a couple of different levels. I, I do a lot of teaching, as you noted at the start, David, and the young public servants I teach now, a lot of them are doing stakeholder work, and they're really keen to understand how to do that work better, and I'm really encouraged by that uh, motivation from public servants of that generation, because I've got to tell you, when I was a, a young public servant, I ran away from stakeholders as fast as I could. <laughs> um, I was terrified of doing that work. Young people are why? really keen. So, sorry, and, uh, just uh, why, why was that? That's that's a really interesting point. Why okay. was that? Is <laughs> well, um, I should explain. I started my career in a regional social security office where. Um, I had really strong, right. confronting, difficult conversations with people. I had to tell people that um, uh, anything they said may be taken down and used in a court as evidence against them, that sort of thing. So my early career experience was quite confrontational over a, a DSS or now Centrelink um, counter. And so I had to sort of relearn as I came to Canberra and um, became um, a, a public servant here in Canberra uh, relearn the nature of the sort of power dynamic and the relationship between me as a public servant and the stakeholders I was dealing with. And I did eventually um, learn to um, really enjoy that, uh, that sort of work um, with stakeholders. But it, it, can, it can be difficult. It's, it's hard emotional work um, that we shouldn't underestimate um, because you've got people, as, as Millie said, who are really hungry to get things going, to get um, uh, get work happening and who very often see government as part of the problem and not as part of the solution. Mm. Now, sorry, I did interrupt you. You were also <laughs> saying that the, the, the younger generation yeah. are, are a little different. So I would, I would, I would, so there's, there's that aspect of the individual doing things, you know, picking up the phone, talking to people, finding ways to, um, to communicate with them. And I do a lot of teaching around um, around that role of stakeholders in the policy process. But uh, at a macro level, it's also about senior people, um, you know, older, more experienced public servants, um, walking the talk and uh, demonstrating their uh, willingness and capacity to sometimes take um, the more humble route of going to a stakeholder group and saying, okay, we know that there's this problem we actually don't know what the solution is. Um, how do you see the problem? Let's have a conversation about that and show that to the um, middle and lower level public servants as a, a model of weighing, weighing up the, um, the capacities that you as a public servant have and the uh, contributions that people in uh, the public and the community can bring to 
you know, the really fundamental challenge of identifying what the problem is and, and finding ways to solve it. So, uh, Millie, that was uh, uh, Russell's really sort of belled the cat there, really around perhaps some of the challenges from a public service point of view. Is it maybe sometimes uh, the enthusiasm, the views, the the, uh, the way um, that that enthusiasm is expressed by some of the civil society organisations and others towards governments may be an inhibitor to greater engagement. So as you stand on your side of this uh, river looking across, looking to build that bridge, what do, what does your side of um, the discussion uh, need to bring forward in order to be able to access that governance process, finance, accountability, that real expertise that can help you um, to solve these problems inside um, the Australian uh, system of government? I mean, I guess I would first challenge the idea that the expertise is only on the other side of the river. Um, I think that where there's perhaps been some glitches in the past is that we're not looking at government and civil society or government and the people as being a collaborative team. And I think that would be a radical shift to say, what does it look like to have a collaborative partnership between government and civil society? And I don't just mean formal civil society. I sort of mean, you know, the public as well. Um, Because there is a lot of expertise that resides locally, whether it's because, you know, Russell was talking about if you've got how do you work for people who have very different life experiences from you? You know, you've really got to listen and you you might not take exactly what they say as translating that into policy because you have your own expertise. But I think we need to, on both, I don't want to say sides, I think that reinforces it, but across the board, how are we going to collaborate and trust that we are on the same team? And, you know, there's real damage at the moment with robo-debt, with the, um, you know, consulting stuff going on but I think that real fracture in trust mean there's an opportunity to rebuild that kind of social contract between and across different different frameworks um, so I, I think one how do we build trust and not be afraid of each other and that is so much about surfacing this shared values and purpose and you know you ask well what needs to happen I've recently been really inspired by the story in Wales um, so I don't know if listeners are familiar with this but in Wales they ran a a national conversation asking the community what is the Wales that we want it was run by the well government funded but run by a lot of community organizations they had 10,000 people participating which is amazing from such a small population and from that they actually came up with these seven principles that is going to guide government and public sector work Uh, they then legislated a public a Human Futures Act and a Human Futures Commissioner. And what I, I spoke with the commissioner recently, and she's been doing this job for seven years, and she said a key part of that being successful was the community conversation and the ability for government to listen to community in a way that was visibly heard. And I think so often where we go wrong in any kind of public consultation is, you know, we listen, even if we're genuinely applying what we hear, it goes into this black box and the people we've consulted don't see how it got there and they see an absence of themselves. So really, you know, Russ talking about younger public servants wanting to consult, I think knowing that that's a skill, listening and showing that you've heard is a skill and, and all of us getting better at that. So in terms then, there is an immediate opportunity around the APS reform agenda um, that's been 
clearly called out, clearly made a priority, uh, is now sitting as part of the Australian Public Service Commission. So change uh, is being invited. Um, in terms of this concept of public good and the participation of community, Russell, what's your views on where the public good could be inserted into the APS reform agenda? Well, David, I'd take issue with the idea of the public good being inserted in the APS reform agenda. I think the APS reform agenda sits within the public good. And one of the concepts I have when I'm, when I'm dealing with, um, when I've been dealing with stakeholders and, uh, uh, you know, you've got a contentious issue, one of the strategies that I always employ is what's the next level up? At what point can we find a point of connection and um, agreement? And I think uh, the public good is, to me, the highest level point of agreement that you can have. And so um, APS reform sits within uh, the public good. And in fact, I would argue that uh, if this APS reform process doesn't um, strengthen the role of the public service in supporting the public good, then it will have failed. So it is, it is the measure by which I would um, judge uh, the whole reform process. Mm. Okay. And Millie, your views? Uh, yeah, similar, I think. Um, you know, I've, I've been trying to follow along with the reform process and I know there's been a few opportunities for, for people like me to kind of input, but it's really difficult to find ways to engage. You know, the I, I think the, um, you know, the intent is there, but if you, you try to engage in that process as an outsider it involves quite a lot of rabbit holes on the website. And so I think that there is an opportunity and a potential for an invitation from that reform process out to the community more broadly, whether that's, you know, very big public opening or coming to people like me and others and saying, you know, how do we how do we talk about the public good? What does that mean for you in this process? So opening opening that up more. And part of that is how can civil society serve this per serve this process? Um, you know, coming back to the original research where public service wasn't present, you know, the public service and the public sector does extraordinary things for this country. You know, it's it's one of the great things about it. But if we want it to stay that way long term, if if we want to resource it, if we want to, you know, improve it, it's got to be there's got to be buy-in from the broader public and from the, the formal civil society sector. And so, I mean, to repeat what I've said before, there is an opportunity for really strong support, I think, uh, if we can show that the public good is at the heart of this. So a final question to you, Millie, before I finish with a final question to Russell, are you optimistic that this change, that this maturation can take place such that there is greater collaboration, there are more genuine conversations and that a common ground can be found? Yeah, I am. I mean, I've spent the last five years talking to people across the country about, you know, imagine you've woken up in the Australia of your dreams. What is it like? And Russell's point about going higher up, there is very little difference in what people ultimately want. And if we can allow ourselves to go to that point of similarity, and if we can allow ourselves to acknowledge what's not working, you know, again, I, I think the the stuff coming out from the RoboDebt Royal Commission... Um, 
all of that is showing that there are, you know, significantly broken things. And at the same time, we have an interest from people in getting more involved. And if that isn't the perfect opportunity to really make something of it, I, I don't know what is. And Russell, to you, the, the final say, optimism? Uh, yes, um, I'm optimistic, um, uh, particularly every time I teach young public servants. I'm optimistic about uh, their enthusiasm and commitment, um, and that's why I'm teaching them. Um, I'm also optimistic about Australia as a nation and our capacity as a, uh, a society to to sort of learn and evolve and develop over time. And I see this whole conversation as part of that. Um, we've done a lot of great things as a nation and we can build on those, maybe change some things as we're having you know, national conversations about things like a voice to parliament. But um, uh, that's got to happen through this sort of partnership between government and in this case, it's public service representatives on the one hand and the community at large on the other. And so that partnership has to happen at all points of scale, at uh, large scale and, and very locally, as I was suggesting before. And critically, it requires humility uh, and mutual trust. It requires a willingness to try new things and find out what works. And it will require a public service that knows its strengths and brings those to the table, but also knows its limitations and has that instinct uh, for collaboration and openness. It'll require the courage to say to the community, I don't know, what do you reckon? Yeah. Mm. Well, let's hope that even this little conversation today um, is a contribution to that, where it will start uh, people to, well, not start, but perhaps continue um, you know, this discussion around just exactly where that how is. Because I think the, you know, the key point that's been made is that there's not a lot of disagreement at those high levels. And I, I like that idea that you just raised there, Russell, about, well, let's push it up to the point where we've got widespread agreement and the research says that we're united around so many things and it's then just a matter of well how do we ladder up over time to uh, uh, achieve uh, those goals so dr russell Ayres, associate professor with the center for environmental governance at the university of canberra and dr millie rooney from australia remade thank you so much for joining us on work with purpose today thanks so much Thanks very much, Doug. And to you, the audience, thank you so much for coming back once again for one of our conversations about the Australian public service and really wonderful insights there by uh, two genuine experts around how indeed can we build a better Australia by bringing people together and how do we work together and so many great insights there about things that you can take into your work life every day about those discussions and about indeed how in fact are we going to create the environment for those uh, discussions to take place. So lots to take out of our conversation today with Millie Rooney and Russell Ayres. Now, listen, um, if you can follow along uh, at Work With Purpose and you can do it at Content Group or at IPA ACT on LinkedIn, or if you have ideas for the program, email us at events at act.ipa.org.au. Now, Work With Purpose is produced in collaboration between Content Group and the Institute of Public Administration of Australia, ACT, supported, as always, by the Australian Public Service Commission. If you do have time for a rating or a review on your favourite 
podcast uh, catcher. Uh, it does help the program to be found. And we do have lots of reviews out there. And thank you very much for everyone who has given up a little bit of your time to be able to do that. Uh, because again, it does help us to be found. And we are very grateful for each and every one of those reviews. So if you do have time, that would be fantastic. So uh, Work With Purpose will be back at the same time in a fortnight. My name is David Pembroke, and it's bye for now. Work With Purpose is a production of Content Group in partnership with the Institute of Public Administration Australia and with the support of the Australian Public Service Commission. 